everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and beyond doing another GBN a go beyond nugget. Today, I want to talk with people about breakthroughs. Now, there are some episodes where we've had the discussion about breakthroughs being monumentous and joyous experiences. I want to talk today about breakthroughs that, while they're still elements of monumentous joy, some are really, really hard to process. It's taken me, uh, let's see, three days to be able to do this episode today because I was so overwhelmed by emotion of the breakthrough that I needed to I needed to pause and process my emotions and how I felt. And I think it's really important that we have this conversation to talk about breakthroughs. While yes, they are, they're like moments of, yes, we did it. We did another one. And sometimes, you know, we still have that, yes, we did it. And it comes with a lot of awareness. And I I felt... I felt when I was having this breakthrough that it was a flood of emotions. It was a flood of me as the mom, me as the adult Deborah, me as little Debbie, and me, all of me. So I want to share with you what I did. It's actually not what I did. It's what it was an experience of something that I was I was um I was doing. So I was looking through insurance options and I was calculating the math of things, the costs. And you know, math has always been something when it's been linked to um I was actually really good at math when I was a kid. I mean, I could whip out numbers, you know, and then um, things just really went went south in seventh grade when I was 13. 
And so for me to do math now, you know, I mean, I do triple check, like, because I got a calculator, I got paper and pencil, yes. <laughs> and then I do again calculator, um, just to triple check my math. And so I was figuring out insurance options and I came to my kids and it occurred to me, and I, and I had this memory before. I was, it was 1984, and my biological mom said, you need to pay $63 a month for American community medical insurance, for major medical insurance. And at the time, at the time I was working, but I was like working, I was working at Wendy's. <laughs> You know, and I was making, you know, minimum wage. And I, I looked it up. I looked it up what the equivalent of, you know, today's money. I'm trying to find my calculator here. Actually, my phone. I don't know where it's at. But anyway, I was trying to, um, I looked up to see what's the equivalent, right? So in today's money, what would $63 be? Well, it was like 180 some dollars. And I can remember struggling to to pay that amount. I didn't want to pay it because, you know, I'm working so hard and it's taking most of my income. But I had to pay my own medical insurance. $63 a month to American community. So I'm having this experience of being able to provide for my my family. And I'm having the memory of me paying this $63 a month at such a young age. And I remember one time um, one of my friend's moms had asked me about why am I working? And originally it was you know, my way of, of getting extra money, but I actually really needed to work at that point to pay for that insurance. And so I had said, I, I need to work because I got to pay for my medical insurance. And she said, what are you talking about? You know, um, your mother's employer provides dependent care. And she explained to me about employer sponsored insurance, and how you can have children. Children are dependents. And I came home that day, and I said to my biological mother, because I also, my friend's mom also told me that it would be cheaper for, you know, your mom to pay on her plan than it would be for you to pay. She explained out of pocket, right, the difference between employer-sponsored and self-pay. And I remember sharing this with my biological mother. And I remember as clear as day, the facial expression she gave me. If you can remember the movie Cinderella, where the stepmother realizes that Cinderella is actually who the prince is looking for, and she has that look on her face. That was the same look that my biological mother gave me. And, and I was afraid. 
I was afraid of what she was going to do. The other thing I realized was that when you have information and you acquire not just any information, but truthful, honest, accurate information, that's a threat to an abuser. It's a threat. And I won't repeat what was said in that conversation, but I'll never forget it. Never. The lies, the another, another showing of a person's neglect, and just flat out lies. I mean, it just went right back to that car accident for me, you know? And I continued to pay for my medical insurance. So here I, here I am this week providing for my family, providing and having the memory of the cycle-breaking moment. And there's been many cycle-breaking moments. There's been many cycle-breaking moments of where I, and I know I've talked about this in previous episodes, of getting to do things because I can. And sometimes getting to do things because I can and I get to. And at the same time, it, it, it provides comfort to my little Debbie inside of me. But this one, this one really, this one really hit. It really did. It hit hard. It hit hard. And why it hit hard was because I can't imagine. You know what? Sometimes I say to myself, I can't compare myself because we're nothing alike. And somebody might say, well, you're just different. No, no, you're not different. You can't say there's a difference between somebody who's an abuser and someone who's a healthy parent. Don't, don't, don't. Don't diminish an abuser and give them an excuse. They are what they are. They are who they are. And I, I, wrote, I wrote myself a note and said, that person is not a mother. That person's a monster. And why I wrote that is because I still wonder sometimes the question of how. How can a person, and I get it. I get they didn't want kids. I get it. I I heard it so many times. A person who chose to have children deliberately neglect. The selfishness, the depth of selfishness. the depth of selfishness. And in this moment, for this example of the cycle breaking, it was so emotional for me because you don't ever forget. And I'm a mother. I'm a mother. And I I can't fathom the 
mindset and the mental stability, lack thereof, a person who makes those decisions. See, narcissistic abusers, they don't do what they should do, should defined by morals, should defined by society, values and expectations. And, you know, I don't like to bring religion in because I know you guys know how I feel about that. Um, But even religious codes of conduct and teachings, scripture. The depth of neglect and abuse. Narcissists, they, they don't do what they can do. They only do what they want to do. And when they do any act whatsoever, they expect, they expect the response of admiration and worship. And when you do call them out on it, especially something that's truthful, you call them out on their lies, their deception, their act of abuse. I shouldn't say act, the acts of abuse. You'll get that facial expression because the sick thing about it is they full well know. So in this moment, when I was choosing stuff for my family, um, it was really hard. It was really, really hard. I sometimes think to myself, too, that um, while cycle breaking is, like I mentioned earlier, those monumental, joyous moments, Sometimes the, the, the hurt, you know, is still there. And it, it's different. It's a different kind of hurt. It's a different kind of hurt. And what I mean by that is the hurt is not me as, you know, that young kid who's calling it out saying, no, I, I have this information now. And then somebody being extremely angry with me because I had that information and where did I get it and who told me and yeah, they knew that I knew. And I paid the wrath of it. I sure did. So sometimes the emotions are raw, not because I was that kid again, but because I was able to do different. And every time you're able to do different, someone, anybody who ever says, well, we're just different. No, we're not different. You can't say that a monster and a healthy person are different. And anybody who tries to use the excuse to say that you are different, it's something that they say to themselves because they can't, they can't swallow who they truly are. There's a saying here by the author, Carl McBride, in the book, Will I Ever Be Good Enough?, Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. And she says here, it's on, uh, what page is this? 167. She says, the daughter will feel the collapse 
when something reminds her of early childhood wounds. And I come back to that that page because one of the things that tells me where I'm at on my healing journey is it wasn't that I was incapable of doing the podcast episode earlier. It wasn't I was incapable because I needed to collapse. That wasn't it. I was overwhelmed by emotions, but I didn't collapse. And I say that because there was a time, guys, there was a time where I had collapsed many times. It was so difficult that, yeah, I would collapse. And I share this because it's a, it's a, it's a measurement to myself. It's an awareness measurement of where I am in my healing journey. And that's why I want to say that not all cycle-breaking moments are pure joy and monumental. Sometimes they're really hard. And you're still healing. You're still healing. You're still breaking cycles. We have movement in different layers and types of healing. Yeah, I years ago, talking years ago, um, a flashback could have like, you know, had me collapse. And what would have a collapse look like? Crying a lot. Um, still functioning, but withdrawing from things that were pleasurable. Definitely. And why I, why I openly share that is because sometimes I think that when people struggle, they think that healing must mean always joyous, monumental moments of cycle breaking and no, no heartache still. You know, I still feel sorry for her. I truly feel sorry for that woman. She missed out on so much. And, and I'm still proud of the 16-year-old girl who laid in bed after that car accident and made that promise to herself. That 16-year-old kid was wicked smart. Wicked smart. So what's the moral of the lesson today? Cycle breaking happens. There are different types of cycle breaking that happens. Some is monumental and joyous where you feel like you're Rocky Balboa and you're climbing up those stairs in Philly and you've got your arms up and you're like, yes. And then there are other times where it's holy, bu- holy buckets, guys. I got to pause and practice some self-care for myself because this stuff's deep and it's okay. It's okay. And we're still proud of ourselves because we still keep that promise to ourselves. So what am I going to (laughs) do? I grab the mic and do a podcast episode because I know somebody else out there 
I know somebody else out there feels the same way. And maybe, you know, maybe they've experienced a collapse. Maybe they're wondering, can they ever move through the collapse phase and get to the, you know what? This reminds me of a childhood wound and I'm going to be all right. And that's actually what I told myself. I told myself, you know what? You practice some self-care, and I did. And uh, everything's going to be all right, because it is all right. You made that promise to yourself, and you've kept that promise every day for all these years. Has it been easy? No. But I wouldn't have the alternative. Let's put it that way. I would not have the alternative. Nope. I would not have the alternative. So to you out there, you'd be proud of yourself. You want to know why I want you to be proud of yourself? It's because you show up. And showing up is half the battle. And trying is half the battle. And doing it every day is half the battle. Because you did it for yourself. You did it for your legacy. And you did it for your your younger self too. And I think that's pretty cool, which is why I don't think we're survivors. I believe we are warriors because we have done the things that abusers choose not to do. And it is a choice because they fully are aware of who they are and what they are. They know it. Believe me, they do. All right. So I think uh, you know what I'm going to say next. I think you do. Besides, again, thank you for being here today. Give yourself a pat on the back for being the warrior that you are. And remember, we're better together. We're stronger together. And take what resonates and go beyond.